And welcome back, weirdos! This is episode 9 of the Weird Austin Podcast. Today is more of a uh, mellow one-on-one. We have uh, a gentleman that I've uh, met, I'd say, within the last three months, maybe four, but he's, he's... He's blown my mind with the uh, commitment that he he, he displayed um, on the things that he wants to do. Uh, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Corey Jones. Hi, what's going on, y'all? Uh, I am Punk Bordello, a.k.a. Dello, a.k.a. Corey Jones. All right. Yeah. Um, what genre music would you say you create? Now, see, that's... that's uh, that is the toughest question, because, like, uh, a lot of times... Uh, to 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 uh to put it into perspective like i grew up listening to punk music i right. grew up listening to like rock and you know primarily just like you know loud guitar solos loud guitars in general um and what i tried to make is kind of like a combination of everything that i enjoy that i hear you know so i like to rap you know um and it, it was really more of, like, a skill that I had to, like, hone in and develop as opposed to, like, um, you know, as opposed to, like, something that I was just, I that just came naturally to me. You know, like, I can improvise a vocal melody a lot better than I can improvise, like, a, like, like a bar. Okay. You know, so it's, it's, um, if, when you break it down, it's, it's a combination of rap rock and in a tasteful way because not i i really don't fuck with limp biscuit at all right. um i mean would you um, say maybe like more blink 182 or 21 pilots no not even that Be- really because i i like pop punk was something that it would, like a lot of people would be like oh your voice is like green day and i always resented that even though i love green day yeah <laughs> you know um so really truthfully like what i would want to see my my music be a representation of is just like maybe a little bit of that but really more so just uh a tasteful new like original kind of hybrid between rock rap and r&b okay do you have any name coined for something like that uh, originally the the uh the direction that i was heading towards with my like uh with my first album that just totally didn't work out was uh was space rock okay. and uh like it it like i said it didn't work out and uh, it, it's not like it caught on or anything like that otherwise I'm, you know i probably wouldn't be sitting right here right <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah no uh at this point i just prefer to call it like new age rock Gotcha. You know, because I feel like, you know, there's so many different like sounds and directions that have been played to their fullest extent and capitalized on and just like, you know, commercialized and they've become commodities. You know what I mean? Like Led Zeppelin is probably the oldest and biggest representation of that. Like it's great music, but it's not necessarily... You know, it's 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 not new. It's not hip. It's like it's 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 dad rock. What would you say makes music hip, and how would hip change from generation to generation? Well, it all depends on the originality of the of the piece. I mean, that's why I feel like that's why uh, XX. Te- I still don't know how to say that name. <laughs> XX is Tentacion. Yeah. Tentacion. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, 
his his stuff was like a uh an indie hybrid of like kind of like if death grips met um like uh you know the lumineers i guess like <laughs> <laughs> holy shit okay yeah right i mean uh, that's i mean that's that's the way that i kind of interpreted it like from hearing it for the first time uh like right before he died right he definitely had a unique style and it's like it's at first i was just like nah you know throw that shit out the window but if you look at how so many people interpret that and you know absorb that into their everyday life and you know he is by all means the new legend just simply because he came up with something that nobody else was doing and that is what separates that's what makes the voice of a generation that's why that's why kurt cobain was the face of grunge you know pearl Pearl jam came out with uh with the album 10 before maybe around the same time as nirvana uh came out with nevermind but it was like it's just Nirvana was the poster child for grunge simply because I, they just fit that aesthetic better. And Pearl Jam just kind of had, uh, they had a, a their own unique kind of uh, way of doing things, but it is, we remember Nirvana more. Right. You know, we still remember Pearl Jam, but, you know, if you ask people, if you ask somebody who who doesn't know anything about rock, you know who who's Nirvana? They'll they'll tell you that Nirvana was you know a band from ni- from the nineties, the early nineties. You know, biggest band of the nineties. Right. You know. Yeah. Whereas Pearl Jam, you know, probably falls somewhere around like third or fourth. You know, but hmm. it is what it is. Uh, how many instruments do you play? Uh, that. That is that's a that's a loaded question actually because um you can you if you define it different if you define it you can define that any number gotcha. of different no, ways. No, I got you. Because I know what you're getting at. In terms of like what do I feel most comfortable going out and playing in front of a like if if you gave me Madison Square Garden tomorrow sold out and I had to go up there and choose an instrument to play an entire repertoire. Right. I would most definitely choose guitar. Okay. Absolutely. Um, but I mean, in, in terms of like impact and presence, I would most definitely say that, you know, of vocals, I would much rather just be able to move around and be able to, you know, engage the audience a lot better. Um, but if we're talking about studio, um, it it would still fall down, fall down. Like I play guitar, drums, bass, piano, and I sing, um, yeah, I can play ukulele too. I'm not I'm not well versed in the theory of it. Um but uh I like when it comes down to what do I I, I can play mostly everything in a studio setting, but the fact of the matter is that when you're doing everything by yourself, you have to retrain yourself each each and every one of those individual parts. So when I'm about to go up on stage and, uh, you know, when I'm prepping for, for, you know, shows, um, like what am I going to choose? I'm going to choose guitar and then I'm going to choose, you know, I'm going to definitely like, um, you know, choose songs that are going to fit the performance I want to give. Okay. You know, so my most proficient instrument, guitar and vocals. Gotcha. But what do I play? Guitar, drums, bass, piano, and I sing. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, how long have you played the guitar? I uh, I started when I was six. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And you are now. I am twenty two now. Okay. Um, oh. I'm about to be twenty three in August. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, okay. um, about sixteen years, I think. Yeah, sixteen years. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but uh, it's a funny is is a funny story. My uh, my uncle he um. He was in bands in college, and he, uh, you know, he, he he like had an entire basement with like a drum kit in it, and like a whole bunch of amps and stuff. And I came down there, and I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. You know what I mean? Like I like I I couldn't get enough of this stuff. Right. And so you know he would like you know sit me down with a guitar, and he'd like show me how to do pick slides. He thought it was just a passing interest. Um. And so he's like, well, you know, if you uh, if you learn. If you learn all the major chords, I'll give you ten bucks towards a new guitar for every chord that you learn. Wow! And <laughs> I bought a new guitar with that. Nice. <laughs> all right. He didn't expect that. Wow. Yeah. So. So you're committed then. Oh yeah, I always have been because it's just it's it's not even necessarily that it's like I see this and I'm like that's the only thing I can do. It's just it's the only thing I want to do, you know. I mean, I, I, I go out and I work jobs just because I have to, because right. I have to survive. But at the end of the day, what do, what do I come back to? What do I, what do I focus all my efforts on? It's this. You yeah. Know? Awesome. So speaking of this, uh, what is your next project? My next project um, is going to be called Spectacle. Um, and just baseline starting from the, uh, from the music, um, it is... It didn't start out as like a concept album by any means, but at this point it is it it's developed its own concept and I'm developing ideas to make kind of like a cinematic picture out of it. Um okay. so that it tells a story and so that that and so that story tell you know gives a purpose to to what I'm doing here so it can actually translate into the world so that people can look at it and you know, kind of reflect back on how they can use it to make them a better person. Okay. But in, in one word, what would be like the tone or the feeling you want pe the audience to take away from it? Ooh, one sec. Honest. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, I could see it. No. Um, so I know more about the project, obviously. Yeah. Uh, they don't. Um, if you were to give them your elevator pitch, what exactly would you say? <sighs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if I were to give them the elevator pitch, it would start out with a understanding of the world and current events as we see it today. That's a very necessary thing to understanding the, the whole purpose behind this album. You know, um, every every time I look out into the world and see every single one of my peers, we're all struggling. We're struggling more than the previous generations before us. Mm -hmm. uh, and I see a problem with that. But there's also, you know, there's also a solution within it. And with this project, I'm trying to find the solution to it. And, um, you know, as it goes down as it go as we go down the list of uh, the track list i am 
essentially just breaking down my thought process while trying to do all this. You know, what I'm thinking about, what's, uh, what, what we could do, what, what's wrong with the world in general. I'm just kind of, you know, laying it all out and singing it as I feel it. And that's kind of the entire feel for the album. Okay. Um, what about the project inspires you most? That's a good question. Um, I'd say the thing that that uh, that inspires me most about it is just the fact that it's something that's like real and tangible and intelligible. You know, it's uh, it's something that I feel like you could you could get you could sing on your way you know to work, but you could also kind of just be in a mood to introspect and just be like, you know, what the fuck is wrong with the world and just you know it's it's a place for it listening to this album is a place for you to think about it and it's like relatable to a bunch of different situations like the the uh, the song that is uh, eponymous to the album spectacle mm-hmm. is um it's basically me understanding that uh you know that i'm like i'm essentially like uh like i have feelings for this person and I know that they're not thinking of me. I know that they're not falling asleep, like, like, with my face in their head. But you know, I'm hoping for it. I'm wishing that that was the. I'm, I'm wishing that that was. You know, I w- I'm wishing that I was the precipice of their imagination. Yeah, no, I like that. You know, because it's it's not worse to be hated. It's worse to have indifference towards you to not exist. It's it's not even necessarily that, but it's 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 worse to just to just know to know in your heart that they don't have the same reaction that you would want them to have right. or that you have of them. You know? Yeah. That it's it's like it's unrequited but on a, unrequited on another level. Hmm. Okay, yeah. Uh what which song? Actually, first off, how many songs are on the track list? Uh, sixteen. Sixteen. That's ambitious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you were to describe the the flow of it, um, if through those sixteen, uh-huh. how would you kind of like break that down? Well, I try not to make changes that are too abrupt because I like the idea of an album being being like kind of like a like you could you could let it play and you can have it on repeat and you could just keep going cycling through it you know yeah like it's it's an hour it's an hour and some minutes worth of worth of content so i mean when i'm producing it you know and like when you produce your own album you have to listen to to it religiously just so that you understand like because if you can't bump your shit nobody else is going to be right you know what i mean and like (laughs) (laughs) i've been caught bumping my own shit man (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's just I don't know. I, like, I just don't want people to see me while I'm doing that because <laughs> it's just like no. singing in the shower to my own no, shit. I like, no, I, at Walgreens, I had one ear bone and I was just like kind of going over one, you yeah. know. And I was just really feeling it. This guy's like, "Have you listened to?" And I'm like, "Me." <laughs> there's a there's been a couple of times where I have uh, like. Case in point, I've been wa- like I was walking home and um, the buses had stopped running, so I had to uh, I had to walk home. It was about like an hour long walk back from Jeez. work. Jeez. And um, you know, so I'm walking and I'm singing things, man. 
Um, I'm walking in, I'm singing, and uh, I just figured, you know, the way that I rationalized it to myself was like, if anybody asks, I'm practicing. I have a show <laughs> coming up. <laughs> Dude, I love it. Dude, that's that's awesome. I, uh, I yeah, I like I like people who who enjoy their own stuff, man. Because um, you know, you hear like Johnny Depp mm-hmm. never watches his movies. Oh, yeah. yeah, he says like his kids will be like, "Oh, you gotta watch this. It's you're so good in it." And he's like, he said something along the lines of, uh, "My job is over, and your job is to enjoy it." You know, so I, yeah. I don't want to, but I feel like it's it's also it's got to be some sort of self conscious thing yeah. or, you know, and uh, they say the same thing about um, you know people who like um, who was it Michael Bay? Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a it's not necessarily a quote from him, but uh, he says something like, "Got no time to read." The critics when I'm working on the sequel. It's from Epic Rap Battles, but yeah. like that—that's <laughs> the kind of mentality that I picture. You know, yeah. like where you know people are gonna love you. You know, people are either gonna hate you or not know you. Yeah. You know, that's that one third law. Yeah. Of people are gonna love you, people are gonna hate you, people are not gonna know you. Right. And you know, it's not your job to turn those haters, and it's not your job to, uh, I guess, I don't want to say turn fans, but it's to sustain your audience and grow it. Well, actually, um, if I may interject for a sure, second. Sure, no, go um, I, uh, I saw this interview with, uh, with Kevin Smith. Okay. Um, like, and he was talking about like where his mind was at when he had uh, first released Clerks. Yeah. And, um, you know, so he had spent like all this time like working on this movie. And it was like his, uh, like for him, it was like the end all be all, you know? It was like, I've worked so hard on this, and, you know, I mean, obviously, I'm paraphrasing, those aren't direct quotes from him, right. but, um, you know, he had, it, it was his first, uh, his first real effort to make something that uh, could potentially make or break a career for him, Yeah, and, you know, it, he put him, like, thousands of dollars in debt, you know, it's, uh, like, uh, he borrowed a bunch of money from his parents, too, right. to do it. Sold his comic collection? Yeah, yeah, um... And uh, one thing that he said about it was that he he released the movie and it wasn't uh, he didn't get the response that he that he had wanted. Like he went it released into like a select few theaters at first and then uh, like he went to go see it. And uh, before like before it got like all this like, you know, critic appraised when he was like just about to like submit it and everything. Like, he was just like, dude, what if this fucking flops, man? And I think that's a very real, like, no matter what level of artist you are, that is something that we can all relate to. Anytime you're about to put something new into the world, it's you always get this huge feeling of, like, what if this flops? Like, what if this is absolutely dreadful? And what if all of this time that I, that I spent on this project was, was wasted? And honestly, like... With my first album, that's exactly what happened. Um, and the the I had spent I had spent about a year working on that, and um, like how old are you then? Oh, fuck. What uh, year was this? It's like two years ago now. I want to say, yeah. Where were you living then? I was living in Illinois. Um, for everyone that doesn't know me, I uh, am actually from Chicago. Uh, and I moved to Austin, Texas to um, make this album and a, a movie uh, accompanying it. So uh, 
you know, that, that's essentially a dream. But um, when I had released the first album, it was like I, I was homeless, living out of my car. Um, and, you know, for a select amount of time, my, uh, my friend Matt Morgan of the band Shout, he, um, he let me live in his basement. And uh, he taught me how to use Pro Tools. It's just like industry standard for, for musicians. Um, and truly anybody who's trying to do audio. And uh, it came to like I, I would. He was working on his projects. He had uh, bands that he was producing like albums for. And, uh, you know, doing them in like a full fledged studio. So, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, come on, come on down to the studio. Like, well, you know, you know, we'll I'll hook it up for you and, you know, you'll pay me what you can and, we'll, you know, we'll get you we'll get you an album. And, you know, I was 100 percent down for that. But when it came became apparent to me that he didn't necessarily have the time that was necessary for me to dedicate, you know, like I'm, I'm sitting here putting everything into this and he can't, you know, he can't necessarily do that because he's being paid to do other projects. And I'm not going to fuck with that. Like, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not going to be like, hey, dude, you know, but, um, you know, so I just worked on the stuff and tried to like hone in on the scales, uh, hone in, uh, what am I trying to say? I was trying to hone in on my skills, uh, to, you know, perfect, you know, whatever product I was going to come up with. And, um, you know, I, I got a couple of songs out of the way and then we took them into the studio and then we, you know, workshopped them and then got them sounding good. And, I think there's a lot of songs that are on there, like Crossover and Dream Gaze, that a lot of people like, you know, it's like, it's got its own, like, kind of, uh, it's got its own kind of following, but where I went wrong was in the marketing of everything. I didn't, uh, you know, I just wanted to have something out, and I didn't care about the copyright or anything, you know, it like, all issues that, you know, have been corrected, but at this point, it's just like, there nobody knew about it nobody knows about it i didn't really promote it the music videos that i made for it weren't well made at all um so it was really a learning experience and what i learned from all of that is that if you have this product that you are trying to pour your entire life into like with this most recent album i've been non-stop pretty much around the clock i go to work and then i come home i work on this you know and that's that's it i eat shit sleep breathe this fucking this music and um you know if it doesn't even sound if there's even a slight part where i'm like eh, i don't i don't know about that then you know i either go back to the drawing board and you know start from scratch or i you know just try to change whatever i dislike about it yeah, um, I, I know where you're getting at with that one. Uh, that itch on the top of your mind. Yeah. Um, but my worry is always, how do you know that's the right call, man? Because I feel like, you know, you in ten years is gonna criticize everything you made twenty years ago. You know, so. Oh yeah, I absolutely am, <laughs> I, and know? I know myself better than that. So yeah. I know exactly. Like I criticize stuff that I made two years ago. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but then, then again, there is also you also have to understand what you're 
what your capabilities are and right. respect those. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm capable of doing a lot more now than I was two years ago. And in 10 years, I, I truly hope that I'll be able to do far more than I can do Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, that's the whole idea. That's the goal. That's, that's the beauty of being able to, you know, grow with an artist that you enjoy, you know? Yeah, that's true. It's uh being able to, being able to grow with them and to, to watch what cool things, what cool ideas they have to bring to the table and, you know, just, you know, watch them progress. So, you know. Um, how many albums have you actually made so far? Um, well, not counting the one I'm about to release, just one. Okay. But and how many how many songs? Are, I know you said you made a lot. So the, are there, is the other stuff just like... The other stuff, I, I believe it was 12 songs, I want to say. Yeah, 12 songs. And um, a lot of that stuff, like, I had just done on my phone, you know? And that's just like, I mean, there were... There were there's um let's see there's sun shining which was the first track and that was me just kind of like throwing a freestyle like i i it was like a uh, a freestyle that i had workshopped yeah <laughs> going back to a <laughs> to a conversation yeah. we had earlier um but uh it, that was just like a freestyle that i had workshopped and i'm just like yo a rap song with a guitar solo let's do it <laughs> So I did it, and I mean, it was just kind of like thrown together, but it was like, I still enjoy it. I just wish my voice wasn't as whiny. (laughs) Um, The second song, I actually went all the way into um, the studios, like uh, at the, uh, let's see, University of St. Francis, um, which is where Matt was going to school at the time. And uh, we went through the trouble of miking up the entire drum kit. And, you know, uh, like setting everything up and took hours, you know, this is why we didn't do it with the rest of, with the rest of the album. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I live tracked the drums. I, you know, threw all that stuff and a lot of the, at the, by the time I got to the end of producing that song, it was a lot less of Matt and a lot more of me doing it. So everything like that, that when I say this album was a learning experience, it was also a learning experience for production, you know, and, uh, but everything is a hundred 110% authentic on that. Okay. And I spent hours doing that one song cause I believed in, in it, you know? Um, and then there's dream gaze, which was, I started that one, um, at home in Matt's basement. And then I, um, you know, came, came, came to him and was like, yo, check this out. What does this need? Because it did feel like it was mean, um, missing something. And um, he was. we were listening to Radiohead pretty heavily. <laughs> and he was like, you know what this needs? Some computerized bleep loops. <laughs> computerized bleep loops. And I still use that, that term huh. to this day. I just think it's so funny. Um, well, one of the things that, that I love about Radiohead is Tom York's ar- artistry. There's this one song I can't... I, you can't remember off the top of my head what it is, but he, I, I believe he wrote it about his divorce and, um, the sequence of words, uh, or this, sorry, the sequence of, uh, notes in it is spells out D E A D. Hmm. Very dark, but also yeah. just like brilliant. <laughs> Freaking genius. Yeah. Man. Layered. 
Interesting. Yeah. Um, and then there's crossover, which was, I wrote that, um, I was living out of my car. Um, my girlfriend had just left me at the time. Jeez. Uh, and yeah, I was, I was trying to come down to Austin and we were supposed to like move down to Austin and, um, she, uh, I guess things just got too real for her. So, uh, you know, she just, uh, she was like, I can't do this. And my flight was supposed to leave the next day. So I'd, I'd been sleeping on the floor of the restaurant that I worked at, uh, to make this a reality, you know, so that I could save up the money to, you know, you know, show to her parents that like, yo, I'm not, you're like, I'm about this, you know? Um, but it was, it was very, it was, it was an admirable effort is what it was, but that was all it was ever going to be. Um, but, uh, no, I, I was homeless with two jobs living out of my car and at night I would, uh, like whenever I wasn't, you know, I stopped sleeping in the restaurant because I was just like a headache. I had to be like away from all the cameras and stuff. So like, I, like there were points where I would sleep underneath the table <laughs> <laughs> just to, just to do it. And I'm yeah. like, what the, what, what the hell am I doing? Like, I, like, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so I, I, I remember the exact day, like I was, I was so torn up about everything and, um, I had like, I had found out like some even more bad news and I was just like, when is this going to end? Like, when is this like this storm? Like it's it basically like, you know, I, I, I get really bad anxiety and especially when I was living out of my car, the anxiety was like through the roof because it's like, I know where I'm going to sleep yeah. in my car. I know where I'm going to shower at the gym. You know what I mean? Um, I just don't know where to go from here. And so it was like a torrential downpour of this storm that was in my mind, you know, and it was constantly like nagging at me. Like, what are you going to do about it? So like music has always been my outlet. So I wrote that song specifically about um, what it feels like to be crushed by your anxiety and to just not to like not know where you're going to just to just want everything to stop like sensory overload, you know, and uh, yeah, it's uh, absolutely by mm. far one of my personal is like one of my little, you know, brain children. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm, I'm glad to see you have uh, at least a little bit more stability. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> at this point. Dude. Um, okay, so I'm sure you learned plenty from that, but uh, creation-wise and, uh, you know, be, with the way that you're actually going to make this new album, what have you learned from the past as well as what would you say to a younger you or someone who's starting out? What I would say to a younger me, we'll, we'll start with that is to to live in the moment more yeah to be 100 percent honest with you because the reason and like i mean the reason why i'm here now in austin is because uh you know i i was 18 and then i I, you know i just graduated high school and you know flipped the middle finger to my high school because i hated that place (laughs) and uh you know the next the ne- it felt like the next time that I opened my eyes I was 22 and I hadn't done anything with my life so I mean what do you do with that like a lot of, I know a lot of people in that same situation and the only the only possible you know the for me the only possible like um question that I could ask myself is 
well, if it was all taken away tomorrow, what would you want to be working towards? Yeah. Or what would you what would you want to be basically on your way to or what would you want to have already done? You know, if you get hit by a car and you're laying there, you're like, your last thoughts are, I haven't done shit with my life. Right. How depressing is that? Right. No. Yeah. I, know? I I always say, you know, what do you want to be remembered for? Yeah. And your legacy is in those whom you affected. Yeah. And for the me, memory of those whom you affected. For me, it's like, it's, it's about, you know, basically sticking it to the man <laughs> and for uh, you have stick it to the man i just i do i do have stick it to the man i just <laughs> i absolutely do um but the other the flip side to that is just um you know for me it was as simple as you know what does every musician want to do you know with his life make yeah. a, make a fucking record man. right yeah and so that was my answer and that's exactly what i did you know uh pass or fail whether it succeeded or didn't like I still made a record, right? You know, and now I get a chance to perfect that and write all the wrongs that I made with the first album and make a better product. You know, and I, I, I can't like. I mean, it does it at this point, and this is like exactly the way that Kevin Smith felt is like I'm doing this for me. You know, I'm doing this because I want to, and I'm doing this because I'm passionate about it. Because I think like because a lot of people. It's not necessarily to to combat the people that hated me for it, but I would be I'm I'm in debt to the people that made me. I'm in debt to the people that believed in me, that told me, Yeah, you can or you have a gift, you know? I remember there's this one time when I was uh my mom was like a highly questionable parent. Uh she, you know, is uh crazy uh it has all hell but um one thing that she did when i was we had just come back uh from living in colombia and uh i still wasn't in school yet and i had to get i had to, i think i had to get my guitar fixed so she dropped me off at guitar center and left me there all day which is not uncommon for for her she would straight up just like you know drop me off somewhere and then go AWOL. Hmm. Um, she didn't pick me up until Guitar Center closed. But, you know, so I was just like, you know, at first I was waiting for my guitar to get, you know, finished being repaired. And then, you know, afterwards I was just kind of like, you know, noodling around and playing around on uh, all the instruments. Mm -hmm. This guy comes up to me. He's got his, uh, what looks like, she's got to be infant, maybe can't be older than two. Um, he's holding her in his hands. And he walks up to me and he's just like, yo, how old are you, man? And I'm like 12, 13, whatever. Um, and he's like, he, he told, it was the first time that somebody had ever said this to me. And he said, don't ever stop. Mm. You were given a gift. Like you need to share that with the world. And because my mom had always like, crushed my dreams like don't get me wrong like she she would like when i she would be telling stories for hours on end and nobody wanted to pay attention to it because it was all conspiracy theory like i told you she was crazy um but like whenever i would like just whenever my attention span could not take it and i would just like look away or something she would threaten to smash my guitar or she would smash my guitar she would make you watch conspiracy theories 
well, not only would she make me watch them, she would like beat me if there wasn't like if I didn't get something right about it. Or Jesus, yeah, like her favorite was the Bible, you know. Okay. She she would handcuff me to the bed, and if I uh, if like I didn't pass her quizzes or whatever she gave to me, she would uh, you know. I you know she'd get the belt out and she'd lock me in a room and she'd Jeez, like man yeah no, what were it was, the tests it was very... about the Bible huh what, were the, what would you be tested on just uh, oh my god like on scripture or like on how they're lying to you or something? oh no 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 scripture scripture itself because okay so she, she believed in the Bible she believed in the Bible but she was one of those people that interpreted it in the ways that benefited her okay you know gotcha and because. Because she was so sick in the head, she can't identify the mental gymnastics that she's doing, even if it's presented in front of her, mm. you know? Mm. And that's like, it's, it's, a really, it's a really hard thing to grow up with because you know at some point you become wise to the fact that what, you, what you're going through isn't normal, you know? But when somebody has drilled into your head that, Anywhere else that you could possibly go to is a, host- a more hostile environment. The unknown becomes way more scary than, you know, like what you're dealing with. So you just learn to cope and you're just, you just like dream into, you know, dream about your 18th birthday. <laughs> that sounds like the act, bro. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no. Jesus. Yeah. Well, um, I'm glad you're here and you survived that. No. Um, <laughs> I was actually going to ask you if you believed in any conspiracy theories. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did no. any actually? See, that's the thing that screws with me. Yeah. After, like, okay, so, you know, after I turned, um, at, let's see, after I, I was, you know, child services placed me with my dad when I was 14. And, you know, from there, I have kind to, I have kind of had to piece together what I believe reality is. And don't get me wrong. It's not like it's. I've really just had to try and understand what seems the most real and how does it seem the most real? What is the most logical, you know, view to have of the world? And the fact of the matter is just that it's not necessarily too, it's not necessarily like crazy for a lot of those conspiracy theories to, to exist. Like for instance, like I do not, believe that we are alone in the universe like we for sure aliens are absolutely real they it it, like it has to be for sure you know what i mean um whether where it comes into play is like what has their relationship been with us in you know thousands of years right there was just you know one thing that screwed with me the other day is that um the washington post i believe uh just posted that navy pilots saw like straight up ufos just hanging out Mm. Navy pilots. Yeah. Would would Navy pilots lie? I don't know. You're the expert. <laughs> uh, yeah, everyone that I met seemed pretty genuine. Um, I I've asked them before directly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't recall ever getting a straight answer. <laughs> See, that's that's what fucking scares uh, me, man. Yeah, and uh, actually, a good shout out to uh, we have a military secrets episode. I believe to Weird Austin Six, and if I didn't tell it then. Uh, I hope I'm at least not retelling it now, but yeah, I had a gentleman who apparently was a, a part of that kind of secret intelligence stuff, and his buddy next to him looked up Roswell and just found these papers that were, everything was mostly redacted and blacked out, oh and a few God. minutes later, uh, there was just a hand on his shoulder, and the guy was pulled out of the room, 
apparently, uh, to quote the gentleman who uh, watched it happen, um, they didn't see him for quite a while, and then he finally came back and I guess had all his stuff revoked for a while. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So he didn't find anything. It was literally like blank, blank, blank out of the craft. Blank, 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 blank. Like, I mean, just nothing wow. tangible to go off of. And they still reprimanded the man. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, do I understand it? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> because when you join the military, you sign away your rights. Right. But do, does that, like, that absolutely terrifies the shit out of me. I wouldn't say you sign away all of your rights. Uh, just a lot of your conveniences and uh, choices that your choices are uh, much more limited. You still have rights. You can still do things, but there are a lot more repercussions. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, military law is militant. (laughs) Yes, yes, it is. Um, The United States Code of Military Justice is quite interesting if you ever thumb through it. Yeah. Yeah, no. um, I mean, I originally, like, I had tried to join the Navy myself. Yeah. And, uh, like, I ended up, like, you know, not being able to go in, uh, just, you know, for medical reasons. Um, but, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, like, am I, am I glad that I didn't, that, that, that I didn't do that? Possibly. You know, I, I really can't, uh, I really can't say because I was never afforded that opportunity. I have no idea what it would be like. The, I just, all, I, I'm always going to have that looming, like, kind of sense of, like, regret that I was never able to, you know, uh, get into the Navy, or specifically the Navy, but even the Army after I tried them. Yeah, man. Well, um, everything that's happened now made you who you are. Uh, no. I feel like you, know, you definitely have a good path right now. No. Um, it's given you eye-opening experiences, I'm sure, that... Uh, not many people can claim to have had. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you know, what does Bradley Cooper say? Once, once your music stops meaning something to them, or once you stop is, being is that, true, is that from that? It's that from Lady <laughs> Gaga movie. <laughs> it's something like that. But I'm not gonna lie that uh, that line was a was a nugget in that movie. It's a good movie if you haven't seen it. I haven't. I haven't yeah. actually. Uh, I definitely but, should. <laughs> but yeah, it's something like once once you stop being honest. Um, the the audience realizes it. Yeah, that was like that was like in a trailer or something. Yeah, yeah. and I mean it, it makes sense. Um, I'm sure there's a market for having smoke blown up your ass, but it's probably a smaller market than honesty yeah. and you know having someone uh, listen to you and have some sort of self realization. Right, right. Yeah, and I feel like that those I feel like those moments went are what truly draw you to an artist. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, there there's it's one of two things really in my personal experience there's either a lyric that stands out to me that's like whoa that's deep or whoa that relates to my situation exactly or there is like you know as a musician like there's just like a musical kind of ambiance that just like makes the the hair stand up on you right on your you know on your arms yeah so i mean i don't know it for me I don't think I could ever stop being honest in my music because it's what I value most about my music. You like being personal with yeah. your audience. Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong. There's like a certain level of criticism that I like as well. But my my story is very <laughs> specific. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I get like I've been through I've been through a lot of things that people have also been through. But I've also been through a lot of things that most people have never been through or have never seen. Um, 
Well, so that's interesting because like the experience of hardship is either a, you know, um, you can get through it cause I did it yeah. or B, you know, a uh, cautionary tale, like this could happen if you don't blank or, you know, C honestly the most, uh, maybe common would be like, um, Oh my goodness, that happened to you. Like, I feel so good about myself now, yeah. you know? <laughs> and like, I mean, really though, that's really yeah. it. And, and with your music, you can either have music that's going to be at a club that's going to make people kind of, you know, uh, it takes over the the room or your background music where your your accompaniment and I feel like with the music that you're making it's it's the kind of put the headphones on and have the intimate conversation with you know one on one with that artist yeah you know and I think that it's just so interesting that I think that's why a lot of people don't like you know a lot of uh, I guess what does that mean you know I, when people say they don't like pop music or or uh, radio music it's like i don't like music that people listen to in a group i like to be by myself and listen to music well <laughs> if you think about me honestly right i don't i don't uh i don't know uh when it comes to pop music uh i think the fact of the matter is just that it gets so viciously overplayed yes you turn on a radio station and it's like the same like we're we're in 2019 and there's millions of songs like a, an entire like database full of like like Spotify has almost everything. Yeah. Except acid rap. <laughs> Should change that. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I love coloring book as much as the next guy, but how much does the next guy really love coloring book? <laughs> uh, over the heads of a few people, I'm sure. Oh yeah. That's a chance. That's a chance. Uh, chance the rapper album. Don't get me wrong. I mean, chance is my guy. You know what I mean? Like it's my city, man. I'm wearing a Chicago hat right now, but like I was gonna punt it up and say there might have been a chance a few people missed it. <laughs> I will say I will say that there is this um there is a song off of color coloring book called uh, Finish Line slash Drown. Yeah, like uh, it's one of the, the Drown is like a hidden song. Right. Um, but both of those two together in their own kind of like un like like uninterrupted bliss is just so amazing. Like I I truly like, I believe he got the uh like uh, the Chicago Choir. Or he's some some choir from Chicago. I'm not even gonna pretend to know, but um, it it's like authentic and it's like it, it's a it's a whole just orchestra of voices, man. It's, yeah. It's like it's truly beautiful and it is it's it's my warm up song every time I play the drums because really? the beat is just dude it slaps so much. Huh. Give me the water, give me the water. Need to cover spaceship. <laughs> like, dude, I love that song so much, man. Um, so like, but as for the rest of coloring books. <laughs> i know Jeez. some uh some some hardcore chance fans gonna give me some shit but, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll catch a couple of <laughs> a couple of comments on that one i'm sure yeah. uh man now yeah i love chance man it's so interesting that uh you know gambino obviously had like some sort of uh, i don't say issue but like you know he, he noticed whenever chance's fans kind of went up in popularity there for a while yeah. and uh I think he even had like a freestyle. Uh, Might have been Westwood, could have been Sway, but uh, it was like you know we have the same fans, and he he seemed a little like I don't want to say a type of way about it, but it's interesting now that like I haven't really seen a lot of Chance, and now Gambino is everywhere, man. Oh, I yeah. mean, 
just Disney and, you know, he's making music and yeah. he's got his show. And I mean, his show's fantastic. Oh, yeah. You know, I was pretty sad that he left Community after a while, but I understand why he did. And oh, that yeah. was just me as a fan wanting more of right. something well, that had already gone I, to on be 100%, so long. Honest, yeah. To be 100% honest with you, man, like, I would love to see more of his stand up. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. I, I agree. Yeah. I, I agree. I just had to get that out. Man. The Home Depot one is fantastic. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> I just like little Wayne being a. A nerd. Oh my god! Because <laughs> he makes a Gremlins reference. Yeah. Oh yeah, god. dude, I feel it. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And his, his uh, what is it? His cousin just like it takes an actual shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> Jeez, man. Oh my god, that's Steve-O did that, didn't he? Steve-O I think so. Yeah, like he that. did. Yeah, he did that. At, uh, was it Jackass Two or Jackass? I think was it the original. I want to say it was the original. Mm. It seems like an original joke. Yeah. You know, it seems like a classic that. God, dude, I love. Oh my god, that shit's amazing. Oh man. Oh my god. Um. But uh, yeah. No, I I do have to say that I just I I'm absolutely enamored with uh, Gambino's with his with his music for one thing. Three thousand and five was what sold me originally. Um and. As I mean, don't get me wrong. Sweatpants is a bop, but it's like kind of braggadocious. braggadocious you know, it's not necessarily. Three thousand five was his biggest radio play, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Well, it makes sense because I don't think there's any cussing in it. So they, uh, they probably, do they lean maybe. towards that? Do they lean towards that now? I don't know because I, I, I remember in mid two thousands having just sound effects and or silence on the radio. Yeah, whatever. Like exactly. Four like, phrases would be. <laughs> you hear like you hear articles like the and yep, and exactly and, duh. <laughs> it, is, it turns into a conjunction junction. Oh my god! <laughs> you know what's funny is that the FCC doesn't have any regulation on whether news has to be factual or not. What? Yeah. Oh, man. I know, like, retractions is a big thing, and you're supposed to do it, but a lot of people... Well, I don't say a lot, but there are outlets out there that just don't care. Yeah. In the same way of, um, I don't have time to read the critics working on the sequel. Right, yeah. They're doing the same thing. <laughs> They're like, we it's don't It's just care. irresponsible. <laughs> Somebody told me this somewhere, I'm gonna post it. Exactly, yeah. dude. It, you know, it's like that kid in your playground that's like, yo, Julie got a new haircut. You yeah. know, she dyed it. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, it's absolutely that. <laughs> you're like, go away. You know who that it reminds me of the uh, the snitch from Recess. Oh my god, it's been so long since I've I seen that. It starts with an R. It's like Reynolds or something. Something. Yeah, uh, but anyway, that's who that reminds me of, man. Uh, shout out to TJ Detweiler, man. That was my show back in the day. Oh yeah. Recess. Yeah. I mean like I One Saturday morning. I I remember like playing the like online games. What? Yeah. They I had don't like think they I had like that. like on disneychannel.com. I played mm-hmm. all the um the like Ed Ed Nettie, oh yeah, Battle Royale. I I you know what uh, game I really loved? I really loved uh, Teen Titans, like the the one where it's like yes. st- Street Fighter but with yeah. Teen Titans. That yeah. was great. That dude. was dope. That was awesome, dude. I uh, went out of my way to actually buy the breakfast cereal to get the hidden episode. <laughs> There's a hidden episode, really. I'm pretty sure it's out there now. But yeah, you uh, you got like a web URL or something, uh-huh. and you get to watch it. And it was dope because you had your full bowl of cereal and you got to eat this hit. You know, see this hidden episode. That's tight, man. Yeah. I'm gonna have to check that out at some point. Uh, you'll, yeah, I'm sure you'll find it. I'm sure somebody's got it on YouTube right now, man. Yeah. <laughs> at, at this point, it's got it's like inevitable. Yeah, but. definitely. Um, so you know me, man. I love cartoons. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about a lot of music, but what? media did you grow up with watching you know what movies and what what cartoons and- uh well pulp fiction is 100 percent always going to be like my like 
it's gonna be my go-to it's like the for me it's like the holy grail because i love non-linear movies okay and um it don't get me wrong i don't i'm, I'm not too keen on memento but i still haven't seen memento and by the way game has a wonderful joke about memento <laughs> oh yeah no no, no. I, that bops dude um friggin uh no but so like I'm a huge fan of nonlinear movies, and I just feel like there's a lot of artistry to be able to connect those plot points in a way that either you can understand the first time, or in or even so like it's difficult the first time and you have to go back and rewatch. Rewarding it. rewatches. Yep. Yes, gotcha. exactly. Um, but uh, like I mean, who's Zed? Zed's dead. <laughs> like that's that's just iconic. Like it. I feel like it. Uh, if it didn't make the careers of uh, Samuel Jackson and uh, John Travolta, well, I mean John Travolta had Grease, but he came back, right? That was his comeback. Yeah, I believe so. Okay. No. But um. Oh, and uh, Phil Lamar, man, Phil Lamar was the guy in the back seat. Yeah. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Shout out Green Lantern, <laughs> dude, and Hermes Conrad, man. He does so many voices. Sorry. Oh, yeah. You know what I love about Deadpool is the fact that uh, Ryan Reynolds actually got to go back and shoot himself in the head. Yes, <laughs> so he, that he did. He didn't accept Green Lantern. He Lantern. did. That was so funny. Yes. He <laughs> shot the old Deadpool. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, the ending was great on two. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Their writing team is fantastic. I've heard that three is going to be nothing like uh, two or one, which is good because my problem with one was that the plot line was extremely predictable. You know, well, yeah, they like, had no money, so that's why he had to keep forgetting his weapons. Because uh-huh. they were like, oh, shit, we can't do another CGI battle. We'll just, for, you know, he, he forgot his weapons. <laughs> that's how they got it ready. Which is smart. If you can't do something, it's so wonderful to write through it. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, just as a, a side note, I watched Bodied recently. Uh, uh-huh. It's that movie Eminem produced in, like, 2016. Uh-huh. And uh, Kid Twist, I think, was the, uh, the guy who did a lot of the lyrics for it. And there was another gentleman who actually wrote it. And there's a scene in the movie where this guy had punched somebody in the face earlier forgetting his face during a battle right. rap and his girlfriend's a porn star and one of the other battle rappers has sex with her and he walks in with an M- like M16 or some sort of oh, you sure. know assault rifle and all his friends come through and the main character is like terrified and then he goes all right it's all cool like we're gonna do this he's like we're battle rappers we're gonna sell this on the stage and then I'm like, what the fuck? He's, he had sex with your girlfriend, and you said what? And the main character's like, oh, man, that's lame. You're really going to do that? And then he calls him out for it at the end. And I'm like, I don't know how to feel about that. Because, like, he obviously copped out with that line, but he was also probably poking fun because he's yeah. he had an insight. Obviously, we've never seen battle rappers. Right, Maybe, yeah. you know, he says it's like this tough guy act. So, like, it's just like this whole thing of turning this guy into, like, the main villain of the movie and still having that, like, what the hell kind of pushy shit is this? Yeah. I don't know. It was just interesting. So like, yeah, the the kind of writing where it's like that full circle, and it it's uh, same thing. Rewatch, you can reward through things you didn't catch the first time. I really love it when a movie addresses the uh, the annotations that we have as yes. the audience. Yes, you know what I mean. I just I I cannot get enough of that because either it's like exactly what you're thinking, mm-hmm. or it's fucking hilarious, or it is just like. Or it provides con- like sub like context yep. into the into the movie. Yep. You know, even if it doesn't affect the plot, it's wonderful to have like a one off like the fuck. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, or something like that. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, cause like, oh my god, it just it just is. Um, but uh, let's see, what other movies uh really tickle my fancy? I gotta stop saying that. Well, okay, so cartoons. <laughs> like you got movie. What cartoons were just 
all you, dude. For me, Futurama, all the way. Oh, yeah. Early Simpsons and Futurama, dude. Uh, yeah. Uh, I never really got, like, I I remember, like, um, when I was a kid, I would, like, you know, like, watch, watch the Simpsons. Like, I would wait, actually wait for the Simpsons to come on. It would be on, like, right after school or something like that. Maybe, like, 6 o'clock, 5 o'clock, something like that. Um, so, I, like, early Simpsons, not as... Mm-hmm. Not necessarily, um, but uh, definitely like Simpsons back in the day. I feel like it got played out after a while. But the other thing that's cool about the Simpsons is that they predict the future. <laughs> There's a lot of that. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. That's another thing that scares me about about if, if we're like if we're going the back Mandela to effect, going, man. Oh my god. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. That we could do a whole episode on that, man. Um, oh yeah. That's uh, I it's. It's so strange to, like, understand and really, like, wrap your mind around the fact that we probably have, un- that's probably true, we probably have go- undergone a paradigm shift, and there's probably more to come, you know? Which is just, like, I really hope it is in the favor of us at some point. True. Like, yeah, I mean, no, you're right. I hope that somebody, like, like... I mean, the way that the world is headed so far, it looks like it's like, you know, it looks like a toilet right now. So, like, I'm hoping that somebody's just like, yep, let's just, you know, take a racket, take like a tennis racket and just, you know, flick it back a little (laughs) bit. Like, like, can we at least just serve it back? Right. Like, I don't know. Uh, But, I mean, at least that's where I'm trying to go with it, with, uh, you know, my purpose and what I'm trying to do. But, um... As far as cartoons go, um, yeah, Simpsons, uh, South Park is another one. Yes, just because South Park can do whatever they want at this point, yeah. it doesn't matter. What but you know, South they hate their their original stuff too. Oh, really? Yeah, they they said it was like really crude, uh, oh, yeah. which is hilarious because I literally grew up watching VHSs of like the first three seasons. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean to the point where my mom bought me a hat that had Kenny like just pretty much disemboweled as well as like almost decaying and he's laying on his side and she didn't know that it was a like a dead child she wow. just thought it was some sort of design because it it, it did look abstract and i still have the hat and oh. I'll, I'll post it dude and she, <laughs> for years she's just like yeah and she would even like wear it <laughs> and yeah and she still has it dude and i now i got it at my house and i'm so happy because it's like it's it's such a nice hat it's like it's a good fit you know like those yeah. hats you've had for 20 years or whatever yeah yeah, yeah but then yeah I, I feel the same way man south park was fantastic man i was so sad whenever the whole chef thing happened oh yeah and they had you know it just feels like they've had to do so much as writers you know oh yeah like just backlash and having to change things and having people sue you it's just have you ever had have you ever seen six days to air yeah, I yeah. have. Uh, that's whenever I found out that um, uh, a, lot, a lot of their writers, you know, were people that uh, have done many other things. You know, okay. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know so many of them were famous. You know. Yeah, I mean, like it is definitely it's 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 so in- incredible, like the amount of talent that's on that writing staff, the whole team. Oh yeah. To make a cartoon in six days. Yeah. Yeah, I think they only missed their air date once. Yeah. And it was something like power was out or something crazy they couldn't do. Oh, uh, yeah. That's, yeah. that's like, that's quite a streak. And now they're doing, like, full-on story arcs. Like, beforehand, they kind of did one-offs. Oh, yeah. Where you did the traditional, you know, everyone's at home, same clothes are worn situations. Right. But now, dude, yeah, they're doing stuff where well, previous I, seasons matter. 
I also feel like the 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 whole line of thought has become a lot more like the whole social commentary mm-hmm. has become a whole lot more deliberate. Yeah. You know, uh, like with the whole PC principle thing. Yeah. Like that, that, that one's really funny. How do you feel about, about PC? Being PC? Not necessarily being PC, but the effect that PC has on our culture, because there's a, the way that I see it is that it can go one of two ways. Yeah. You know what I mean? It can be it, in the same regard that like, um, Take this for instance. When I was a uh, when I was becoming a manager at Little Caesars, right? Um, they they said uh, if you're you know if one employee s- says oh can I you know go take a smoke break and you say yeah, and then another employee comes up and it's like yo how come he gets to you know go out and take a smoke can I take a candy break can I sit in the back and eat a candy bar, then you have to say yeah because by def- by default it makes it fair, you know it's like that same kind of um, that that kind of flip that kind of twist where it's like uh equality it's it's equality yes it's absolutely equality but at the same time it's like sometimes people take these things and use them to their advantage right you know they they try to um twist it so that they can use it to get what they want you know what i mean in a very um maniacal is the way that is the word that comes to mind but there's how do you how do you make that distinction how do you yeah fairness is very ego driven um you know i mean unless you're really championing champion championing oh my goodness rights for someone else you know it's it's gonna be you're out for your own interest um now when it comes to being pc um you know there's either a like you said, fairness, equality, yeah. uh, but there's also the the freedom of speech. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm cool with with equality, man. But I have been in so many different structures and corporations, and it, there's never fairness, man. Oh yeah. You're Absolutely. always gonna have somebody in power who's gonna have the people they like and the people they don't. And I'll be honest, man, I've been on both sides of it. And, you know, you, you bet your ass I'm going to use those times where it benefits me to benefit me. Oh, yeah. Uh, why not? You know, um, I mean, I don't think that makes people bad, but I definitely see that it can create a divide. Well, I think that the uh, the importance of explanation. Right. Intent. In. Yeah, it's intent. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's you if you explain your intent and it makes sense to the rest of us. I mean, obviously, all of, you know, all of the, the reality of reality is perception. You know, it I mean? really is. If we all perceive it the same way, then yes. that kind of means you're right. Yes. All we are are senses. Our brain yeah. has never seen daylight. It's never really done anything. Yeah. So all we have is our senses. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, like. That's your reality. You know, I mean, PC is good, but if you don't have, like, solid reasoning behind it to where other people can look at you and be like, that makes sense. That's logical and that's right you know, then you don't, you don't necessarily have, where that drawback is, is where it's, it's still just always going to be a great great area because, you know, you can get people on board with your, with your topic. Yeah. You know, if, uh, if a thousand people say that the sky is green, you know, it doesn't make the sky green. It just makes a bunch of, it just makes a thousand people idiots. No, I get what you're saying. Um, ironically that the movie body actually dealt with being PC and one of the characters' name is like the racist, and he's just saying like terrible things 
about like Asian people and this and that and the other. And then he goes up against an African American guy and just starts saying all these terrible things. And he says something like, uh, I can use the N word because it's equality. I'm just fighting for equality. And like his friend that's, he's like, yeah, he's kind of right though. <laughs> you know, and they just, and like uh, the main character's girlfriend is really like, um, she's PC as well. And she's like, well, you're using white privilege to appropriate this urban culture. How dare you take money out of Hispanic or a black man's mouth whenever you're just a white guy, this and the other with an education. Yeah. And uh, then he flips it on her. He realizes that a debate is also just a battle and that she uh, she's using language. So he says something like, well, isn't, aren't you being a little colonialist? And she's like, what? <laughs> you know? So like, it's really interesting how he's able to flip these things because that's all it is, dude. Like words are just, like Joe says, words are just, you yeah. know, uh, trying to get an idea across. It's, it's, it's just uh, ESP or something, you know? Right. Well, so, I mean, a word is nothing without the definition that it implies. Exactly. And I think what you're getting at is that People are going to always use... It's it's like being a lawyer. You're going yeah. to use the definition of something to get out of something else. Oh, yeah. You know? And, I mean, that's just the name of the game. How can you benefit right. your team? You know? And, I mean, I'll be honest. Like, sometimes you see people get out of stuff, you know, whether it's in the military or wherever, and you're like, homie, i got to give it to you. That was just a good yeah. angle, you know? Yeah. Like, I can't even be mad. Like, yeah. you do you, yeah. you know? <laughs> I've, honestly, I've been there. I've uh, I've seen a couple of people where I'm just like, the, the audience can't see it right now, but the face that I'm yeah, making yeah, is very no. like, I, I have I nothing to say to that. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, I have straight up arguments with, with, not with myself, but with, you know, imaginary arguments that will never actually happen. Or like I'll recall an argument, you know, that I lost or didn't have anything to say back yeah. to. And right. then I'll just, you know... I'll, I'll, I'll go back in and just be like win the argument in my head so that and, and the whole premise is that you know hopefully it'll help me win arguments in the, in the future. future yep but i gotcha yeah, it's never gonna happen you know that reminds me of george costanza yeah he's like the jerk store called and they're running out of you <laughs> or they're all out of you he's like well that's that's fine because you're the number one bestseller yeah yeah I, I see what you're saying man someone's always gonna have that that one up yeah if you're trying to think too deep into it Right. I don't know, man. Spont spontaneity, spontaneousness, spontaneity, spontaneity. Ooh. Hey, man. I may be a journalism major, but uh, English is definitely my second language. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I'm just terrible at it. It's my second language. What's your first? Gibberish. Man, gibberish, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the spoken word. <laughs> oh my god. So, um, how do you feel about uh, about it's what I've noticed since I've been uh, in Austin mm -hmm. is that it's not necessarily hard to find somebody that does something musically um, or does something media related, but somebody who's serious about it. What would you say about the, uh, like the media dream stigma? Yeah. Um, What's your perception on that? I feel like, a lot of people in Austin are creative, uh, you know, whether it's a content creation or uh, musically. Um, I mean, that's just what Austin is. I mean, you know, we were uh, musicians down on our luck, right? Mm -hmm. And then we just kind of became uh, the Silicon Hills, you know. We, yeah. Technology just kind of exploded. 
So, I mean, I get what you're coming from, or I get where you're coming from. I had plenty of friends in high school that were, you know, rappers and musicians, and they don't do it anymore. Right. Um, I don't know, man. I feel like with, with anything, it's just about getting that feedback. And it's really hard for people to continue if the feedback isn't exactly what they want. Well, see, I feel like that's exactly what's going to weed out, you know, the people who aren't truly about it, you know, because um, you're ne- like my, in my experience, you're never going to get the, the feedback that you want. I've I've shown people deliberately bad shit just to see if they would be honest with me. And the fact of the matter is just that, like, most people will not, you know, some people will be like, um, a little pitchy there, you know, other people will be like, oh, it's, it's good. Yeah, it's great. And then, you know, you, you can always, you can always tell by the vibe. You always tell if, uh, like, cause there's a lot of times where you water your own ears down. You, um, you dilute yourself from your perception of whether something sounds okay or not, you know? And so it's like, it's, it's iffy when you're doing it and you're just like, I can't tell if this sounds like how I want it to sound, you know? So you go to another person and you're like, how does this sound? I base, I, I don't base my, uh, my, my feedback on, you know, what people say or the content of what they say. I base it off of their, their body language off of like if uh if this one song is uh you know like if I go and play an open mic just to test a song out just to see if it works if people like it um and I see you know the crowd like kind of moves away or like nobody's really paying attention you know if it was good they would pay attention you know right that's that's what sets things apart if it and at the end of the day if you have to question it the answer is no Mm. you know if you question somebody's response, the answer is no. If you're not, if you're not entirely sure if somebody, if, if they're not running up to you like, oh my God, that was amazing. That like, if they're not like, you know, part of my French writing, writing your dick, you know what I mean? Like they're, you know, that chances are they probably, you know, they probably just didn't want to be rude to you. And I mean, while that's okay, I can understand where that would be confusing for some people who just don't get it. Or who are really trying to, like, if you're just starting out, you're just like, I think this slaps. Does this slap? And I'd say that the answer, if you really want to find it out for yourself uh, without, you know, um, without going to anybody else and, you know, diminishing your own reputation with that is to probably just wait, like, maybe like a week or two and just like not listen to that, that, uh, that piece at all, you know, uh, Giving yourself, giving your ears a break is probably the most important thing that you can do for yourself as an artist. Gotcha. Because then you get confirmation bias in your own ear. Exactly. You're like, that was what I was going for, and yeah, I got yeah. you. Okay. Yeah. I've done that with my writing. Uh, I've gone back, read like a short story, and I'm like, the fuck was I trying to say? <laughs> but um, one, one of the other points that I wanted to, that I wanted to bring up was um, in terms of like the whole like media dream stigma is just that like... It doesn't matter what I'm going to say in this podcast. It doesn't matter what anybody else is going to say in any podcast. You know, you can watch Joe Rogan. You can watch uh, The Art of Man. You can watch, you know, 
any other podcast and you know find like similar answers and it's always gonna it's always gonna come back to one thing if you're really about something then you'll truly be about it if you're not then you won't be and i think the thing that's hardest for a lot of people is they don't know where they fit in to to you know to all these different things or they it's just a matter of not thinking about it and being in your head so much is just doing it right you know yeah it has a lot to do with just you know seeing having an idea in your head and just trying to you know not even worrying about like what other people are going to think of it not worrying about you know like is this girl gonna like it is that guy gonna like it and and you know is this gonna get me somewhere and instead, just trying to focus on the artistic integrity of the image that's in your head or the sound that's in your head. And just trying to go after that and create that with the most crystal clear picture that you can. Hmm. You know, um, it, it all depends on what the idea is and the, the thought that's behind it. And if you can, it, it's the same idea as an artist drawing a picture. Mm hmm. You know, they visualize something in their head. They know what it wants to look like. But I personally, as a, you know, as a self-acclaimed awful artist, like visual artist, <laughs> like I cannot, I cannot, whatever image is in my head yeah. as, you know, visually, yeah. I cannot make it like look the same on a sheet of paper. I can do something. I, I, I can get the idea across. <laughs> no, I feel you, dude. But I can, I like... The removing layers of clay to reveal the face, yeah, I don't understand. Yeah, I have no yeah. idea. Like, you see some people that are just so, like, intense with yeah, their shadowing, no. and it's like three-dimensional perspectives, and yep. it's so amazing to yep. me. But I just, like, I can do that. I feel like I can do that sonically. I cannot do that visually. Um, John Romita, the guy who, one of the guys who started really drawing spider-man and just really awesome stuff his son actually does it now uh john ramita jr but john ramita senior uh actually drew and would tell his son whenever you're drawing anything you're just removing you know what's not spider-man like you're covering up what's what's not him and then you know it's like the white is the rest of it and it's just like what <laughs> yeah it's just like and it's cool that he does it now too and yeah man i know what you're saying yeah i uh i just doodle man i I don't understand how people can just pull something out of their head and just stick it in two-dimensional form, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, it's it's an awesome talent. It is. It is, absolutely, 100%. It takes a lot of time. I mean, like, uh, the guy that did... Uh, I have a Misfits tattoo on my uh, on my right arm. Oh, yeah. I got it my first night in, uh, in Austin. Uh, this is actually a fun story. Um, so I, I took a train here. It was a 27-hour train ride. Jeez. Do not ever do that to yourself. Um, I'm going to say that again. Don't ever do that to yourself. Um, but uh, I got off the train, and I'm exhausted. You know, I finally ended up getting back to, uh, to the apartment um, that I had uh, set up for myself. And uh, I, I, I just, I had to, I had to take a break. I had to like let down all my stuff. I didn't even unpack anything. I was just like, let me just go hit. I know it's a Monday night, but let me go like find a show or something. And there were people were playing shows. It's Austin. There's always something happening. Um, but on this particular October 1st, it uh, was not looking all that great. It was kind of cold. Uh, 
uh, for, you know, Austin. And, uh, you know, I'm walking up and down 6th Street and I'm like, dude, I, I, I have no fucking clue what to do. My phone's dead. And, like, I, I had asked somebody for, you know, for the time, you know, just because, like, I was just like, hey, my phone's dead. Could you, uh, could you tell me what time it is? And she, like, she's... Well, she's not like a British orphan. My phone's dead. Could you tell me what time it is? Sir, I would like some more. <laughs> more? More? You <laughs> um, But, um, no, she just looks up at me, and that was it. She, she just... She just stared me down. No acknowledgement. No acknowledgement. No, no, no. There was an, an acknowledgement. There was a stare down that ensued. She was, didn't give a fuck what she, you're about. She <laughs> was just like, stay away from me. And I'm like, Oof. I was just like, I backed I away will. very timidly. Yeah. I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Please don't hate me. <laughs> um, but anyway, you know, it, you know, I look to my left and then there's this tattoo shop. What's it called? Uh, Blindside Tattoo. Okay. Yeah, it's what, on, where? It's on Sixth Street. Oh, it's okay. uh, let's see, I want to. I ha, I'm not even gonna pretend to know what block it's on, but yeah, it's on. It's on Sixth Street. It's called Blindside Tattoo. It's basically like there's a there's a t-shirt shop right next to it, and then you just uh, there's like a door right next to the t-shirt shop, and you just go upstairs. It's real nice. Okay. Real real uh, it, the place has poise. <laughs> I will say it has poise. Um, but anyway, the uh, the uh, the tattoo artist was the only the only guy who was nice to me, and and I was like, you know what, man, I got a hundred bucks. What what do you give me for a hundred bucks? He's like, uh, I can do something about yay big, and I'm like, I want a misfits tattoo that big, so that's I got the uh, the crimson skull, hmm. um, and uh, yeah, no, uh, Ben, the, the tattoo artist, which was what I was trying to get to, um, before I like spaced um he is one of the most impeccable artists that i've ever seen he's got this um he's got this uh this canvas in his in his living room i think he actually went to uh like travel the world right now uh i have no idea where he's at right now but um he has this canvas of this uh of this uh, and it's just like the most immaculate portrait. It looks like a photograph. And it's just like the dimensions are perfect. And it's just like, you walk into his living room. It's like, you did that? <laughs> like, I know you I know you do this for a living, but you did that? Damn. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, some of the raw talent that I've seen people possess is just like, I'm beside myself. Yeah. Yeah. But, um... Well, um, we've definitely filled a good hour and some change here. Uh, we can always uh, come back and do a part two, but uh, if anybody has any questions for you or wants to find your work, um, where can they find you? You can plug anything here. Uh, well, um, he said insert plug here. There you go. <laughs> um, well, you can find me on Spotify as Punk Bordello. That's P-U-N-K-B-O-R-D-E-L-L-O. And I'm on uh, Facebook under under the same name uh and i will for you know i i am currently building a website right now but uh i'm waiting until uh we have uh like fully finished all of the uh like um you know like all the videos that we're working on 
uh, to actually post that. But I mean, I have the domain name. You can go to punkwardell.com. I can't guarantee you it's going to it's going to look like anything, but um, it is there. It does exist. Uh, but uh, yeah, as far as uh, the music goes, uh, Facebook, Spotify, SoundCloud, Bandcamp. Bandcamp, gotcha. Yeah. P-U-N-K-B-O-R-D-E-L-L-O. All right. And uh, for us, as you know, this is the Weird Awesome Podcast. You can go to www.dogdogproductions.com. The SoundCloud is slash dog dog, D-O-G, D-O-G, as well as the uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash dog dog, if you want to support the show. Well, uh, thanks again, man. Appreciate talking to you, and uh, we'd love to see the project, and I'm sure the audience is going to be diving in deep to the things that you've already created and look forward to what's coming out. I hope so, man. I I just, I hope, if there's one last thing that I could say, it's just that if my music helps even just a single person, or just, you know, or it just appeals to a single person... And it's playing during a significant, you know, time or that it's, it's all worth it for that. You know, it's all worth it for, you know, even if it's just a single person, but I hope it's way more than that. Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks again for uh, coming today and uh, we appreciate the audience for stopping back. Uh, We'll see you on the next one.